This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. In less than 72 hours, more than 300,000 fans will be here at Indianapolis Motor Speedway watching and waiting to see who will win the 103rd running of the Indianapolis 500. It's part of the biggest weekend in motorsports, and you are in luck because you're in the Motorsports Hour. We'll get you set for every turn right now. It cost $10,000 to create the Borg Warner Trophy. It's valued today $3.5 million, but getting your face on it as Indy 500 champion, well, that is simply priceless. Welcome to the Brickyard, Indianapolis Motor Speedway Racing's most famous track. Our Peacock Pit Box is here. And yeah, welcome to the Brickyard. This group used to saying those words maybe in July, September. Of course, AJ Allmendinger has raced here in the month of May. But for Steve Latart, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and me, this is a kind of a whole new experience. But I want to start with you. Dale Jr., how many Indy cars have you been in today? Today, I think two. Um, <laughs> I know, all this it's crazy. I'm getting this crash course and and what this whole experience is like i've never been to any 500 i don't know if you have steve but this is just incredible i mean it's not race day yet in the in the culture and so and the energy look at, in the you're garage in will, yeah. you're in will power's car i know I, they said hey man you want to sit in there I, I can't turn that down <laughs> then they asked me if i wanted to go ride with mario for a couple oh, laps yeah. can't turn that down it's just, I mean, they asked me if I want to drive the pace car. I'm just going to hang out and just get more opportunities. <laughs> Hopefully more people come up and ask me to do stuff because it's been cool since I got well, here. Well, how much the wind That's awesome. We're going to have more of that, uh, your two-seater with Mario, uh, throughout our coverage this weekend. Can't leave him for a minute. He ends up in someone's <laughs> car. I, I, much like Dale said, this track has always been special to come in the NASCAR crowd, the Brickyard 400. It's a place everybody wants to win, but I've never been able to experience it in the month of May walking through the garage area, seeing the Indy cars, seeing the names, uh, the legacy of these names, and Andretti out there, and all the different guys that have made Indy cars so famous. It, it, it has a totally different feel. You don't think a place like this could change, but it has changed. I can't wait to watch Carb Day tomorrow, see the cars on the racetrack. Yeah, I mean, it, for me being an open-wheel driver, I was never part of the Indy 500 because the two series were split back in Champ Car and IRL days. So my first and only opportunity to come here was 2013 with Roger Penske, and same deal, I thought, okay, I've been here, I know what it's about, but you don't really get it until you come here and you get to experience what this place is all about. It starts on qualifying, and we saw that, the emotions of, of the drivers that Kyle Kaiser that barely made it in, knocking out Fernando Alonso, those emotions just to get into this race. And then carb day. It's insane tomorrow. Let me tell you this. You got to show up at 7 a.m. because these gates get packed, and then Sunday, walking through Gasoline Alley, as one of the drivers is being a part of the crowd, everything, what this place and the Indianapolis 500 really represents, 
Uh, you can't explain it. You have to be here in person. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm a little concerned at the rate he's going. He'll have a ride by Sunday. <laughs> I mean, he's been in everything else. Hey, if, that's all right. If you're in the area, of course, come out and join us. But, yeah, if you can't be here at Indianapolis, we're, we have you covered. We're going to try to bring you all those sights, sounds, smells. Can smells go through a television? We're going to try because our coverage is all over the place throughout the course of the weekend. You have to stay tuned on Sunday. And coming up in this show, we are going to have more of Kyle Kaiser's story. It's an incredible uh, Cinderella story. But the Indy 500, of course, more than a race, it is a rite of passage. It's a party. You've got pageants, parade, and it all the festivities actually started today. Uh, it's media day, but we also had a nationally televised morning show concert. Cheryl Crow and the Today Show, their Hidden Heroes broadcast was here at the Speedway. Tom Hanks was here. And rumor is a fan. Oh, it's not a rumor. A fan in the audience has his cowboy character from Toy Story, Woody, tattooed. On his, You guys were shaking your heads. I thought AJ was the only one with the Woody tattoo. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I mean, I put that on my backside, so I thought it was better than <laughs> That's a committed fan. Right there. That's I'm a committed. big Tom Hanks fan, but man, that's out there. <laughs> I don't think Tom Hanks tweets that much, so that's pretty impressive. I said that's on his, his attention. I said that was on his chest. That's more his stomach. Yeah, but as, we'll give him credit. Yeah, but still, I mean, that's dedication for sure. It's a great way, I guess you'd say, to, to kick off our coverage today. But as we said, Media Day and Simon Pagino kicked off the performance portion of this year's Indy 500 by winning the poll. Overall, it's been a marvelous May for Pagino. He won the Grand Prix on the Indy Road Course two weeks ago. Our Kevin Lee talked with this year's fastest man in town earlier today. Well, Simon Pagano has already won 12 IndyCar races, a championship close a couple of other times, but winning the pole at this race, what's the significance? Well, it's uh, to me, it's the tempo of speed really here. So um, obviously as a, as, a, as a whole group, as a team with Tim Penske and Chevy, uh, getting the pole is, uh, is a testament to our speed, and speed is what racer are all about. So um, it's obviously a very honorific title um, that, you know, I get to tell my kids in the future that uh, I got the pole in Indianapolis. So pure speed, we know by yourself. What about in race traffic, race trim? How is the race car? Absolutely, Kevin. Uh, back to business. Uh, yeah. The car is, is really good in traffic. I was really, really happy on Monday. Um, we found our groove at the very end of the session. Uh, we still need to find a little bit more front grip in traffic, but quite frankly, uh, we're right there. So uh, I think it's going to be about executing perfectly and staying up front all day. Um, but I think we still have the capacity to come back if something ever happens. So, um, so I feel very confident. Obviously, it's a long race, and she's going to choose who can win it. So uh, uh, I think we're just going to focus on our thing. One more practice. What do you want to get done tomorrow? Uh, well. In and out laps, I think, are going to be key. Um, so practicing that, uh, I think it's about making sure the car is in a, in a perfect spot for every uh, configuration of wings. Uh, obviously, you might want to change the downforce level during the race to go faster toward the end or, or run better in traffic. So making sure that we have everything uh, well balanced. Simon Pagano, he's going to start from the pole, and he is as good a pick as anyone to win the 103rd Indianapolis 500. Yeah, he talked a little bit about his strategy for tomorrow, but this is a race, and, and he said she's going to decide, talking the race is going to decide, the mystique we talked about. Uh, Kevin said, as good a pick of any, is this Pagano's year? It really can be, and it's. I find it interesting what Simon Pagano has went through this year because he's been on the hot seat. It's a contract year. It was all talk at the beginning of the year. Really, the only shot he has is to go out there and win the Indianapolis 500 to have a chance to stay with Team Penske. I don't know how true that is, but it's almost a carbon copy of what Will Power had to do last year. Same deal. Uh, Will Power's on the hot seat. Uh, not sure if he's going to stay around. Beginning of the year, it wasn't that strong. Next thing you know, they came to the month of May here, starting with the Indy GP. Will Power dominated. 
Simon Pagenaud is doing the same thing. A great last 20 laps at the Indy GP. We see here him passing Scott Dixon. The display of driving he put on in the rain to go from fifth to first with 20 to go was absolutely amazing. And then to come back out, win the pole. He talked about it. She will decide. This race is unlike any other. There's no favorites. You could say, yeah, my car's good, but so many things play out. Heck, I was leading. My seat belts <laughs> came undone. So anything can happen in this race, but he is as good of a pick as any because you can see the confidence that he has and his race team has. Well, he mentions the race. I caught up with Pagano earlier in the garage, and we started talking about 500 miles. Remember, IndyCar doesn't run a lot of 500-mile races, only a couple on the schedule all year long. And I asked him, you know, in the NASCAR side, we're used to that length, and how does it work for an IndyCar driver? And he said experience here has helped. He believes in his pit box, what the strategy is when he should pit. But more for him, a mistake, maybe a bad restart, maybe – things not going exactly his way early in the first 50 or 75 laps, he said it's much easier to stay patient now that he knows truly how long this race is. I think that patience may be the key, not to mention the hot start of the month, as you said, taking a little pressure off. So I look for Pagano. He has the speed. Now he just needs a little bit of lady luck because we've seen it go away so many different ways here at the Brickyard. Dale, there's so many big names. I mean, you said you talked to Will Power. I mean, Elio Castroneves trying to go for four is a great story. There's just so much star power in this race. Yeah, I was asking uh, Simon about how can he get time to himself. I mean, just I'm just learning as I'm going through this process about all the things the drivers uh, are doing in between even just today in the race. There's one practice tomorrow, but then there's the parade, autograph sessions, and so forth. As the pole sitter of this race, AJ, how does he really get a chance to sort of decompress, get his mind on what he's getting ready to do? Well, I look at it two ways. I mean, yeah, the, the, the month of May just it, it kind of goes in a hurry because you're doing so much. When I was here, we're doing a sponsor thing or an, whether an autograph thing or just something every night. But it's good and bad because, yeah, maybe you don't get to really decompress and really get into your zone. But at the same point, you don't sit there and just think about it. Go, oh, my God, okay, the race is coming. It's like everything happens, bang, 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 even Sunday morning. It happens so quick. You wake up, you get here, something, do a sponsor thing, boom, you're being introduced, it's time to go race. So uh, it's, a, it's a crazy weekend or a couple of weeks that lead into just three hours that's absolutely magical or chaotic Simon, bad. Simon seemed really relaxed when I was talking to him, and I said, man, you going to get any time yourself? He said, yeah, I'm trying to yeah. figure out how to do that. But he seems like he's got a really good, you know, attitude and, and a lot of great energy around him. Obviously, the pole helps getting that confidence, coming off a win. But I just can't imagine how these guys, with the limited amount of practice that they get yeah. and the, all the things, the requirements they have to do between that practice and the race, I don't know how that they can they can stay focused for the biggest race of their lives. He has a lot of experience. So does Will Power. And, and more importantly, they got a teammate there, Elio Castroneves, that has done it many a times. So they can kind of feed off each other. That, that team atmosphere is always great. Of course, they want to beat, beat each other and win this race. But that team chemistry, and, and Elio really leads that, nice. even though he's not here full-time anymore. Well, an interesting carb day. It's been an hour forever, an hour practice. Tomorrow they get 90 minutes, yeah. 30 minutes more. The temperature, as I can attest sitting here, is up <laughs> compared to the beginning of the week. That really affects the downforce of the cars. It's going to be interesting to see who does what. What's the agendas for that practice? Well, you guys talked about some of those big names, especially the ones that drive for Penske. Let's not forget about champions, winners like Ryan hunter Ray. What about Colton Herta, the rookie? He is definitely going to be a story as well. James Hinchcliffe, some of the drivers from Media Day today there you see will power last year's winner boy he was emotional when he won this race last year elio going for four trying to do what only two men have done before we will continue to get you ready hey we're going to talk a little nascar when we come back to indianapolis
it's time to go around the globe in 60 seconds. Yesterday, the NASCAR Hall of Fame's class of 2020 was announced. Three-time NASCAR champion and proud Hoosier, Tony Stewart will enter the hall alongside Joe Gibbs, Waddell Wilson, Buddy Baker, and Bobby Labonte. In pro motocross, Ken Roxon is back. He's had severe injuries in the previous two years, but Roxon won the season opening Hangtown Classic, his first victory since the 2017 Supercross event at San Diego. And the incredible story of British racer Billy Monger continues. Monger lost his legs in a racing accident more than two years ago, but he returned to compete as a double amputee. Last weekend, the 20-year-old scored his first win since his accident in the Pau Grand Prix. Simply amazing. Man, Billy Monger, one of our four nominees for Motorsports Star of the Week. That is an emotional story. We were talking about that a little bit off camera. Yeah, I mean, especially for the, the people here in the U.S. Don't, don't really know his story. His accident was just, it was hard to watch. He ran in the back of a car and it was in the, like, car pulled out he ran in the back of him and unfortunately lost both his legs and showed the the guts and determination and just that overall passion to go out there and say this isn't going to stop me and he was fast in in the f4 series last year but never got a win so get his first win right there i know people don't know him that well but his story like his story his story is unbelievable well, this is the beauty of social media people yeah, yeah. so i connected with the billy monger story through social media and i follow him now and it's really inspirational because he's on there it's not just about racing but the story he throws for really anybody yep. who faces adversity it, it, it's quite amazing but to see him go back i think you saw when he grabbed that trophy what it meant i mean that's a that's a road quite a road of recovery i know i don't want you guys to sway the vote but it is such a great story but we do want to add the, that our other nominees for the motorsports star of the week kyle larson of course coming off the all-star win uh you also saw simon pagino there you see as we talked about him with the poll here at indianapolis uh kyle larson yep took home the million dollar check after winning that very entertaining nascar all-star race then you have the inspiring stories of ken roxon and Billy Monger. Again, head to the Motorsports on NBC Twitter account and cast your vote. We'll have final results later on. Okay, so if you drove from this track, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, to the Charlotte Motor Speedway, you would travel just 81 miles more than the drivers will race on Sunday. But that also means you'd be 19 miles shy of the 600 that the NASCAR drivers will turn with All-Star Weekend in the rearview mirror. NASCAR's top drivers and teams are now preparing for Sunday's Coca-Cola 600. Dave Burns and Parker Kligerman are at Charlotte. There you see Charlotte Motor Speedway, and we're going to hear from Dave Burns and Parker Kligerman in just a bit. Parker Kligerman, I bet he's in a fire suit. Do you think he, because he's... <laughs> He's always, he's in, a always in a fire suit. He's yeah. always looking for that. He's trying to jump in cars all the time, you yeah. know. So we're going to hear from them. But, again, keep your votes coming in as you saw the percentages there for our Global Motorsports Star of the Week. Okay, Dave and Parker are at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Let's see what they have to say. Uh, Krista, we are getting revved up here in Charlotte for the 600 weekend. In fact, first practice just ended, only practice today. Daniel Hemrick throwing down a lap almost 183 miles per hour in qualifying trim. Parker is fresh off the track in Q trim. What was it like out there just moments ago, and what can we look forward to on Sunday as this is the first time this package has been raced here? Well, it's really interesting to me is you have all these drivers who did the Open, they did the All-Star Race, they show up very prepared, <laughs> but they still are all doing something a little bit different. When I look through the data after here in practice, you know, you have guys who are easy flat out because their car must be have that grip to do that, but they're also carrying a lot of speed on the straightaway, so they must be trimmed out. And then you have other guys who are lifting a little bit, but they're still just as fast. And then you have other guys who are using the brake. So there's, you know, there's no right way to do it, which is interesting because compared to what we had a year ago, 
where you look to the field and everyone was doing something very similar and it was just about the grip of their car. Mm -hmm. Now everyone does something different and they're still making speed. Wow. And the weatherman is telling us hottest 600 ever possibly Sunday night. What do you think about that? <laughs> well, I needed to work out more probably before yeah. this. <laughs> more hydrating, I, more, more hydrating. Out. Yeah. I've heard some drivers have all sorts of different ideas of how to hydrate, but for myself personally, I've got, uh, you know, I always take some Pedialyte in the car. I've got a different hydrating source now called Liquid IV uh, that I'm pretty excited about. So hopefully that all works, but I don't think there's any right way. That's, that's up to each driver, whatever they need to stay cool because that's going to be brutal. Speaking of hot, Alex Bowman has finished second in the last three points-paying races, and he's a guy who hasn't won a race yet, Parker. This place rewards, it seems, first-time winners. What about Sunday night? He would be my pick. If I was to say who's going to win their first race, it would absolutely be Alex Bowman. I mean, he showed a lot of speed here in the mile and a half as of late. Uh, I think this is a perfect race suited for him. I think that 88 team is excelling in all different areas, whether it's on pit road, getting on pit road, getting off pit road, doing all the things you need to do that over a 600-mile race will make the difference. So I think that team's poised to definitely get their first win. If we're talking about first-time winners, he would be my pick. So Krista, tonight at the track, qualifying for the Cup Series, followed by the ARCA race. And I'm told that before that, Boyer and Newman actually have an appearance together for a sponsor. So that could be interesting too. Parker and I'll be back here tomorrow. So I guess Boyer and Newman being interesting because yeah. it was so entertaining last week. Well, the weekend? great thing about it is this is autograph sessions at a Bass Pro Shop where there's lots of uh, guns and, and, <laughs> and bows and arrows. I mean, this could get really ugly. Uh, you know, I'm sure those guys have talked about it. You know how drivers are, especially veterans like that. They've probably had a chance to reach out to one another. I'm sure that it's it's not over or as far as there's still some hurt feelings because a guy got punched on live television that that's not something you get over with over in a couple days so i'm sure newman's still a little upset about it but it'll be interesting to see if anything comes out of that driver or that autograph session yeah i feel like we can't see this enough <laughs> I, I love how drivers now but like, well you know how drivers are they weren't that way when they were in the car they're much more level-headed now i'm not confident well, we that decide about it no more that's i don't leave it up to the drivers <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see how they race each other so are there storylines coming out of, I mean, steering ahead to the Coke 600, which which Dave and Parker talked about, but drivers maybe maximizing their moment? Well, I think, you know, you heard about Alex Bowman. He is on a hot streak right here. But I go back to last week's Open, right? We had Bubba Wallace and William Byron, two guys that we haven't seen at the front of some of these fields. The beauty of the All-Star race is the field gets split. And they both had a moment, right? William Byron winning the stage to move forward. Bubba Wallace having that, not just a win, but an emotional win. You could see the weight on his shoulders. So... While I don't say they're favorites for the Coca-Cola 600, we saw Jeff Gordon get his first ever win there. We saw Casey Mears win there. We've seen the three car go back to victory lane with Austin Dillon. That race, much like Indianapolis and 500 miles for the IndyCar guys, is very hard to predict. 600 miles at Charlotte makes, I don't know what it is, about 100 miles. It shouldn't be that much extra, but AJ, you know from being <laughs> in the car, 100 miles can make all the difference we have seen. So I won't say odd winners, but maybe some people that weren't favorites heading into the race end up at victory lane. Oh, it, it, it matters, that extra 100 miles, right, Dale? I mean, oh, it, yeah. it definitely seems like it. And you're right. It just it seems like whether that race is a fuel strategy race or just, you know, we talk about the Indy 500, you know, odd things happen in that race, too. Not as much now with stage racing because it does break it up a little bit. Uh, but, you know, you look at who was quickest in practice, Daniel Hemrick. I know a different package, but he was really fast last week in the open, really probably had the car to be. It had been interesting to see if he got in to the all-star race, if they would have carried that speed over. So, We've seen those RCR cars be fast by themselves. Can they carry that over 
into a race simulation and go out there for 600 miles. And you talk about surprise winners of like that Casey Mears. Could Daniel Hamrick also be that type of guy? I'm also going to be looking for uh, these guys and how they hold up for 600 miles. We saw Denny Hamlin get out of the car after, I think, Dover, and not, he wasn't feeling very well. And there's it's the high corner speeds, the G-force. It's going to get faster as the race goes on because it falls into the night and the track cools down. These guys are going to have to be dealing with the intense heat that we're going to have on that race day. This is really going to put the drivers through a test. And, and longer, wide-open throttle. Yeah, with this that, package of running wide open, yeah. that car is going to be way warmer. And that's the thing, really, too, at Charlotte. I mean, that line at some point, whether it's early in the race or late in the race, it's going to move up to the wall and and we've seen it you just with these race cars right now it seems like you hit the wall just a little bit it kills the arrow so uh 600 miles whether it's physical or mental fatigue really plays in especially the last couple hundred miles really if you're running the top as well because it's it's tough up there that wasn't that wasn't my thing that, that was more rare that was there. more dale's thing like it wasn't my thing up there <laughs> so last week at charlotte it was tempers this weekend it could be temperature that becomes the biggest storyline back here at indianapolis motor speedway again media day before the indianapolis 500 today indy's own ed carpenter he grew up in the shadow of this city looks to contend for the win on sunday he's not the only great local story we'll explain Welcome back to the Motorsports Hour here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, three days away from the greatest spectacle in racing. Over 100 names and faces on the Borg Warner Trophy. Would you like a fun fact? Did you know one of those names is misspelled? Huh? Yeah, you have to continue our coverage all weekend to know. Oh, you oh, know that. I, no, Jr. I don't. I want, oh. Now I want to know which one. Oh, no, one. no. You have to stay with <laughs> us all weekend to find out. Uh, every driver wants to be on the trophy, no one more so than Ed Carpenter. Ed spoke with Kelly Stavitz at Stavis, today's Media Day event as a member of the Holman George family that owns Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The Indy 500 courses through his blood. Perhaps no one feels as at home here at Indianapolis Motor Speedway than the hometown hero himself, Ed Carpenter. Ed being such an integral part of this community. Tell me what this race and really the whole month of May means to the city. Uh, I mean, the town takes over, the, the race takes over. It's all one and the same. You know, it's, it's awesome driving around town. Doesn't really matter what part of town, what neighborhood you're in. There's checkered flags flying everywhere. And it's, it's just amazing to see the whole community celebrate this great event. You've had some good success in terms of three pole positions, a runner-up finish last year, but how have some of those close calls really fueled your fire to want this race even more? Well, it definitely it, it drives you and motivates you, and I think more than anything encourages you that, that you're on the right path and hopefully knocking on the door, and maybe this will be the year we can kick it down. All right, so no pole position this year, but truly the next best thing and starting second alongside your two teammates who will be third and fourth. How does sort of have that Ed Carpenter racing contingency up front? How can you guys work together to start this race? Yeah, I mean, hopefully we can all get good starts and stay around each other. It'll be nice to be able to insulate each other a little bit. But, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of people trying to get to the front where we're at. Uh, so it'll be our job to try to try to stay there and make it a nice day. Obviously, a lot of speed in these cars. Now you've had some practice time on Monday. You'll get a little bit more tomorrow. But how comfortable do you think your car feels in traffic if you ever get mired and have to work your way back to the front? 
that's really been the focus of the month, you know, for us and probably everyone else is how do, how do we get better than last year, especially being able to work through traffic, lap traffic, or anybody. Um, so I'm pretty happy and comfortable. Monday, the conditions were really nice, so looking forward to, to carb day, to getting a little closer to race conditions, a little warmer. Hopefully, it'll feel just as good. Obviously, such a big race for anyone, but given that you are a team owner as well as driver, I mean, how much pride do you take in the performance of, of your teams out here? Uh, very, very proud of, of everybody, you know, the, the other drivers, but, you know, really the whole team, every, everybody that's a part of this and built the cars to, to have us up towards the front together is a real credit to them, and hopefully we can keep them there all day. All right, three days to go. What are the feelings and the nerves like for a driver as you get this close to the big race? Oh, I mean, this is 16 for me, so it's under control right now. You know, we're, we're going through the the schedule you know much of it's the same year in and year out so i feel relaxed and you know that's probably because we're we're feeling good and you're, if you're happy with your car it's much easier to be relaxed um, so looking forward to tomorrow and you know saturday is always a fun day with the parade and just try to enjoy everything that we're doing and realize how special and lucky we are I feel like he gives new definition to the word relaxed. Uh, you guys were talking about how calm Simon Pagano seemed when you guys talked to him earlier today. AJ, Ed Carpenter is the epitome of calm. Yeah, I spoke to Ed a little bit as well today, and, and something that really stood out to me, because he's been on pole for, a, I think, three times in his career, and I said, obviously you want to get the pole, but does it actually take a little bit of pressure off not being on pole? And he said, yeah, he'd like to have had that $100,000 that went with that pole, but in general, he felt like, you know, there's not as much media coverage. He can kind of relax a little bit more. Dale, we talked about, you know, tr trying to find that little bit of piece of time like Simon doesn't have right now. Yeah. Ed has, has that. So uh, I, I love his chances. What he's done with his race team over the last several years is is truly remarkable and, and how strong it is when it comes to all these racetracks, but especially here at the Speedway. And, you know, I also asked him, I said, does it help? being a team owner now and not doing all the races are you able to stay a little bit more calm knowing that you only have to focus on the ovals because that's all he does drive when he's in the race cars is the oval races and he said you know at first when he was first starting the team it was difficult trying to get in the mode as race car driver but as he's done it for so many years now he's able to just relax when he gets in the race car focus on the race car itself and not have to worry about the race team so it just shows the sign of how strong this team has gotten yeah i think about him being the hometown guy uh this racetrack obviously means a ton to him Kind of reminds me of my dad actually going for the Daytona 500 and going so many times, so many great race cars, so many opportunities. Obviously, Ed's been in the same position. He's been here so many times with so many fast cars and so many opportunities. He's here again this year, but you don't see that pressure building up. You don't see him thinking, man, I'm running out of opportunities. Seems like a guy that really is calm, relaxed, ready to buckle down and try to win this race on Sunday. Well, it's fascinating to me, and AJ, my question was for you, as I, you know, a normal IndyCar field is much smaller than 33. You mentioned Ed Carpenter runs mostly only the ovals. In any type of racing, it seems like anyone who's not in week in and week out should be at a disadvantage, but when we come here to the Indianapolis 500, guys like yourself gets in a car, Ed Carpenter, who runs a partial schedule, and can be competitive. Why is that? Is Indianapolis just so much different to the rest of the IndyCar season? Is this truly a standalone event? Yeah, I mean, it really, and that's what it comes down to. There's nothing like it. You can go test at Texas, and that's what some of these guys do. And, uh, you know, before the last couple of years, the IndyCar series had a race at Phoenix before it ever got to Indy, and Ed would run that, and he told me himself, 
it really didn't matter. It was nothing like it. And you get enough time here, if the weather's permitting, throughout the course of the couple of weeks, that you get enough laps, you're comfortable. Another guy I talked to about it, J.R. Hildebrand. Right now, same deal, one race deal. He does the same thing. So, yeah, there's nothing like it. You show up, you get enough practice time, you get used to everything about the race car, and you get in that flow ever before you have to really jump in it and go out for qualifying and then get ready for the race. Do you guys want another fun fact? Sure. They're all trying to drink the milk, right? The list of preferences was released. You know what Ed Carpenter would want? I'm guessing no preference. No, he said make it as whole as you can. Traditionally, it was buttermilk. He wishes oh. they could go back to the buttermilk. Oh, okay. I saw that so, list. I love that. Yeah. There's a couple no preferences on there. There are that, a that couple. There are a couple. These are the I kind of care. stories we're going to share with you <laughs> all weekend long. Of course, Ed Carpenter, not the only great sort of local story. Hooncoast Racing, uh, practically a stone's throw from the Speedway. Last weekend, they wrote a bump day story for the ages with 23-year-old Kyle Kaiser behind the wheel. The final row of the grid will be filled right now. The sixth and final driver on track, young Californian Kyle Kaiser. Check your flag, check your flag. Has he knocked Alonso out? Yeah, we made it! Yes! Oh my God! Amazing! It was amazing! Kyle Kaiser and Hunkos Racing are in the Indy 500. One of IndyCar's smallest teams knocking over a global motorsport giant. Absolutely the greatest story of my life. Thank you so, so much. You hear the emotion. I mean, they had lost their primary sponsor. Kaiser crashed on Fast Friday after rebuilding the car overnight. He puts it in the show in Sunday's last row shootout. You see, he's sort of the media darling uh, at Media Day today. So Kaiser talked about uh, knocking off uh, Fernando Alonso. But it, it, it's so much bigger than that because it's that, that the little engine that could. And you sort of feel like they, they have a chance. Yeah, this race is full of superstars, but we need that underdog story. And he fills the void perfectly. I mean, these guys, what they, the crowd and everything they've had to come back from. Not only are they a small team, but they've really came over some serious adversity, similar adversity to what Alonzo had to overcome, and they still beat them. Incredible. And I think what Kaiser's story really does is validates there are 33 drivers that could win the Indianapolis 500. I think in motorsports around the globe today, we sometimes get robbed out of a full field of strong competitors that could win. Even in, say, a NASCAR race, the back two or three underfunded teams just have an uphill battle. Here at Indianapolis, the fact that Alonzo and McLaren, a global racing company, misses the race, while that is unfortunate for Alonzo, as a race fan, AJ, that just proves to me, you know what, this field as it is every year, is as strong as it possibly can be. Anyone in the field can win. Yeah, and to really show what Kyle Kaiser had to do was he had no practice laps. They built that, rebuilt that car, went with the setup, and said, hey, they didn't even do that morning warm-up, said, hey, go get it. Wow. Tell us what you think. You got one chance. Go out there and make it happen. And to tell you personally, to go down into turn one on lap one with no practice on the rebuilt car and say, you know what, I'm going to hold my foot down and just see what I got and do it and to be able to make it in the field it, it at 230 it, yeah, miles I mean, per hour it, the talent that he showed right there and the heart that's more than anybody really had to know about him is the fact that when it's time to get the job done he can go do it and to your point steve scott goodyear i think it was in 92 started dead last came the line missed it by a couple of inches against allenter jr from dead last 33rd Gene hinchcliffe starts 32nd and i f believe sage Karam starts 31st all drivers that have run up front before at Indy. So you're right. 33 drivers, 33 cars can win this race. How about another reason to root for Kaiser if you're a football fan? He participated in the NFL Combine here at Indianapolis. And I believe his 40-yard yeah, his dash speed was actually quicker than Baker Mayfield. Sounds not possible. It makes it quicker than all of us, for <laughs> sure. Oh, my goodness. 
So very cool. Another reason to root for Kyle Kaiser. And by the way, they did have a primary sponsor come on board in the 11th hour. 250OK, an email intelligence platform based right here in Indianapolis. And I believe a second spot. I would have to come up. I think they just announced a second sponsor to come on board, too. So it shows what this race is all about and what it represents. Well, remember to vote now for our Motorsports Star of the Week on Twitter at Motorsports on NBC. Final results are coming up soon. Your four nominees are the pole sitter for the Indy 500, Simon Pagano, NASCAR All-Star Race winner and Million Dollar Man, Kyle Larson. There you see the numbers at the bottom of the screen. Motocross rider Ken Roxon, he needs your help, made his overdue return to the top of the podium. And Billy Monger, the double amputee racer and How Grand Prix winner. So get your voice heard, make your, uh, your vote right now. We'll reveal the results as we continue to get you ready here in the Motorsports Hour. Of course, Indianapolis, not the only place our reporters are. We'll head back to Charlotte Motor Speedway when we return. It's funny when Dale was driving for Bud, I was running Wilkesboro and he kept banging, banging, banging. He got around me and I banged on him a while and got back around him and he banged on me again. And finally I spun him coming out of turn two. Spun him up off the thing. So when the race is over with, he comes down there and grabs you, you know how it is. He's like, what was that all about? And I'm like, you gonna bang me, I'm gonna bang you. And he said, that's the way you're supposed to do it. And he just turned around and walked off. Oh, yeah. and, and that was the end of it. I mean, nothing. It was over with for him, you know what I mean? That's part of the latest Coffee with Kyle as KP sat down with NASCAR Hall of Famer Richard Childress. You can watch the full conversation at the Motorsports on NBC YouTube channel. It looked like Kyle was drinking coffee, but RC was, was drinking some Childress wine, it seemed like. No doubt. I think yeah. that's a fair, yeah. fair yeah. wager. You obviously know Richard very well. Uh, he and your dad won here at the Brickyard in 1995. But yeah. you could probably be a part of some of those stories. Man, I love hearing about those stories. Kyle does a great job with that Coffee with Kyle. It's just amazing what he's come up with. He just... You know, I didn't know Kyle had that in him, but he, he's such a great guy to bring those stories out. He knows the history. He's raced and worked with all these people, so they're very comfortable around him. That's a great series. All right, you got to check it out for more. Here at Indianapolis, we're getting you ready, of course, for the Indy 500. But uh, about 500, what do we say, 581 miles away. I mean, if you're going to be exact, let's be exact. Uh, Dave Burns caught up with Brad Kozlowski. Hey, Chris, I've got the most recent winner on the circuit. You know, safe for the all-star race, Brad Keselowski from Kansas with us now. And he just got off the track from practice. I understand, Brad, there was a lot of flat footing in preparation for qualifying tonight. What's that like? Yeah, you know, running around Charlotte wide open, it feels a lot like uh, driving the Xfinity car. Uh, the cars are super, super fast. They have a lot of grip uh, and trimmed out for qualifying to, to try to make the most of the downforce and uh, try to get as little of the drag in the car as possible. So interesting challenge, definitely much different than uh, a year ago, but uh, a challenge nonetheless. On Sunday then, on restarts, are we going to see some of that too where for a few laps you guys are going to be flat-footing it? Very possible. Uh, probably not during the daytime, but I fully expect at night that it, to lead this race you're going to have to run wide open. You've won a 500 here, but not a 600. Those last 100 miles, Brad, why are those, are those the toughest part about it? And that's why you don't have a victory in the 600 yet? Uh, I mean, they're definitely tough. Uh, I feel like we've been in position and different things have, have held us back. And, uh, you know, with any uh, race, if you put yourself in position long enough, good things will happen to you. A three-win season for anybody would be, you know, record-breaking. For you, it's, you know, pretty good, average. How would you assess the year so far? It's been good. We're off to a good start. Uh, three wins is... Something we're very proud of, Dave, but, uh, you know, I really would like to add to that 
and really like to have a five, six, seven, eight win season. I think we have that opportunity, and uh, we just got to keep executing. Brad, no one flies America's colors better than you throughout the year. When it comes to this weekend, do you modify or amplify the message a little differently to folks when we honor and remember? Yeah, you know, this is a really special weekend, Memorial Day weekend. We have, uh, you know, a family with us. It's a Gold Star family, and we'll be entertaining them with my foundation and the Checker Flag Foundation throughout the race. And uh, it's definitely a somber time to reflect on the privileges that we have to be a race car driver and to celebrate it with those uh, and remember those who make it possible. And we certainly try to do that as well. On Sunday, of course, NBC will be broadcasting the Indy 500. What's your tradition? Because you're usually here, but you don't have to race until the evening. Yeah. Well, usually uh, I start the race by watching it at home, and then I'll listen to halfway on the radio, and I just barely catch the end before we have to go to the driver's meeting uh, for our NASCAR race on the Coke 600. But uh, it's, it's one that I never miss. Hopefully this year will be followed by a Coke 600 win. And by the way, Krista, something the track always does here is they play it on the big screen, too. So if you have a minute and you're in the garage area, you catch the last few laps on the big screen. But Brad going for the 600 win on Sunday night. Yeah, and that is sort of a tradition, Steve. You were talking about the fact you guys all go to the driver's meeting and everyone's sort of on their phones trying to catch those last few laps of this race. Yeah, if the 500's not over, the driver's meeting is not very efficient because everybody's <laughs> staring down trying to see who's winning the 500. Because much like Brad said, everybody wakes up, usually in Monaco, watch the F Formula One race. Everyone is a race fan, but this race is just so captivating. Even before the big show, and if you're in Charlotte, you got to see, you got to figure out who finishes well. Yeah, I mean, I think it, for me, it was one of the coolest things was Mark Martin, his PR guy said, Mark's never late to anything, and he made sure he was late when I was battling for the win here. So, yeah, having it on the big screen, I mean, we all get lost. And as you said, yeah, the driver's meeting, if it's not done yet, it's like <laughs> they should just push the driver's meeting back, honestly. Well, it's, uh, of course, would you say Brad Kozlowski is a favorite? Because you kind of mentioned something about Kansas maybe being um, sort of a, a precursor a little bit. So when I look at Brad Kozlowski, we had this argument. It, it was hard for me to remember the three wins he's had this year because while they have speed at Team Penske, I really think Brad Kozlowski has won them from kind of off the radar. He was not a favorite at Kansas in my mind as far as speed. There were other cars that had more raw speed. It was more of an execution race, and I think that's why he perhaps could be a favorite in the 600-mile race. Paul Wolf, Brad Kozlowski have a long tenure together. There's something, uh, this air of confidence that they'll do their own thing. If everybody hits pit road, they could stay out and do it with a smile. The 600 is the type of race that that can benefit, so I expect them, even without the fastest car, to be a car you're going to have to deal with later in the evening. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's kind of Brad's M.O. as a team. When they won the championship, they came out of nowhere that season. And then last year, when they jumped on the screen and started winning big races, they won here at Indy, Darlington. They weren't really that great. They weren't a team that you would consider a favorite going into those events. And then they rattled off a string of wins. So they could be getting hot here. Yeah, and really, if you look, I think they put a lot of downforce in their cars because if you look at where they qualify on the mile-and-a-half racetracks and looking at the practice speeds, Blaney was 17th. Logano was 21st and Brad was 22nd. They put a lot of downforce in, so they're never really contending for the poles on these big racetracks now that you got to run wide open. But in the race time, especially it seems like Logano and, and, and Brad, they really get after it and, and find a way to run up front. But, but they're always going to have to go after 
that 18 car Kyle Busch. So well, I agree. It, but what I was going to say to your point about the downforce balance, I actually think the day to night transition at Charlotte, why you think it would be less important because the cars are closer to wide open. Yeah, I think it's going to be more important because you heard Brad. He's already thinking about it. Well, Dave, you might not hear us wide open in the daytime, but when the sun he's already thinking about how you're going to win yeah. the race, the last 150, 200 miles. Yeah, the Got start it. of that race, excuse me, the start of that race will look nothing like the end. I mean, that, that transition, the cars are going to get tighter together. The pack, the cars are going to pack together more at night because everybody's going to have a lot more grip, a lot more throttle. Restarts will be wild in those last 100 miles. Well, we have a transition of our own to talk about. We're going to transition to the Global Motorsports Star of the Week. Who did you vote for? The final results are in. We got to see. Did, did Ken Rocks? Okay, he's up, up to three percent. He kind of getting not, gypped. Yeah. I know. We got to vote for Ken Rocks, and I mean, he, he's come from from two really bad arm injuries. Are you guys surprised by this, Kyle Larson? I'm pretty surprised by it. I mean, Kyle Kyle winning is a big deal because he's had a really rough to start to the year. Uh, he did win a million dollars. And uh, but the Billy, the Billy Munger story to me, uh, just having to learn how to drive a race car all over again. Yeah, it's, it's hard. No, it's, one, none of those other guys on that list had to do that. <laughs> Billy got my vote for the best story. But I think this is clear that Kyle Larson's popularity is, is right on the verge of exploding. And I think what we lack for him to be really move up yeah. the list are those wins. He did it in the All-Star Race. If he could back it up, sweep it, Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this package has hurt Kyle Larson a little bit because where his strengths are is running against the fence, and you don't do it as much with this aero package. Well, we appreciate all our NASCAR fans, obviously, tuning in <laughs> and, and helping out Kyle's numbers. When we come back, we're going to look ahead to tomorrow's Carb Day action. Is it carburetor or the carbs that the fans drink in the infield? Our Indiana native producer may have something to say about that. of a dream since I was 13 years old. What makes this race so special is the tradition. I don't know how many sporting events can claim to be around for over 100 years. You can almost not call your career complete unless you win this race. The crowd beginning to pay its tribute to Andretti. I was so far in the lead, I was almost two laps ahead of second place. And this undoubtedly has to be the ultimate of his racing career. And kept praying and uh, <laughs> crossed the finish line. There's the checkered flag for Mario Andretti. I felt like a, a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. Milk never tasted so good. <laughs> this year is the 50th anniversary of Mario Andretti's 1969 Indy 500 victory. His son Michael's team, Andretti Autosport, has won this race five times, including three in the last five years. Alexander Rossi, part of that on the schedule tomorrow. Oh, it's a big day tomorrow. Actually, a big weekend. NBCSN, of course, your home for Carb Day. It all starts tomorrow with Indy 500's final practice at 11 a.m. Eastern. We also have a 90-minute NASCAR America at 3.30 Eastern. It's our motorsports special. Then on Sunday, Indy 500 pre-race coverage starts here on NBCSN at 9 a.m. Eastern, then goes to NBC at 11 a.m. Eastern. Coming up next, IndyCar Live, Lee Diffie, Townsend Bell, and Paul Tracy. They're already over at the Pagoda getting ready. So tomorrow's Carb Day. I'm excited about that for, for one reason in particular, because it's practice. We get one more practice. The first time I actually will be able to see the cars going around the racetrack. Where do I need to stand, AJ, to be able to get a sense of the speed these guys are going down in the corner? I mean, you may not even need to stand anywhere, Dale. Yeah. I mean, if you look over the, our shoulder here into turn one, the raw speed that these Indy cars have, 
it's so Roger Penske made me stand before I ever got in a car to watch Elio go down the front straighter. I remember watching him go by and I went, we're going to be going that fast. He said, no, no, you're going to be probably doing about 20 to 25 miles per hour quicker than that. I was like, <laughs> wow. But carb day, drivers haven't been on the racetrack since Monday. That that day was pretty cool. It was in the 60s, track was clouded, had a lot of raw speed. All the cars handled pretty good. Tomorrow, if the heat stays like it's going to be, cars are going to be sliding around. So you're going to see these cars roll out of pit lane here. It's almost going to look like the start of the Indy 500. There's going to be a pack of probably 20 to 25 cars in line trying to figure out, how's my car working dirty air? Do I need to be leading? Can we take down force out? Can we have, do we have to add it? How are the tires going to go away? Because it is hot. It's slick. We're, I mean, we're sweating just, just yeah. sitting here right now. So this is going to be the perfect time because it's going to be equal to what the, the temperature looks like on Sunday. So really, you're going to see a 90-minute practice that almost looks like a 500-mile race because these drivers are going to do everything that they can to figure out what their cars are going to do on Sunday. Well, much like Dale, I'm excited to see the cars on the racetrack. But, Krista, I've heard about this aura of Carb Day forever, how the place gets packed, how there's concerts. It's a full event. So I'm going to wake up, get here early, ready to see cars on the racetrack. And when the cars are done, I plan on touring this facility. It's gigantic. It's its own city. It's Speedway, Indiana. And I'm ready to see this place packed and rowdy and see what this Carb Day is all about. Okay. I mean, we can't forget about the parade either. Saturday, though, right? right? Yeah. I know, yeah. but we oh, got yeah. all kinds of things yeah. to do before the race happens. Going to the parade, I hear it's like the second biggest parade in the country. It is. There, I mean, it, it's, it's. I don't know the exact numbers, but it's probably equal of 50, 60, maybe near 100,000 people that just line the streets as we go by and, and wave and smile. It's like... It's like well, our, you got any good like seats? Our, we're not going to be in any of the on any of the floats. So where are we going to watch? Dale wants a float. Where, oh, no, wait, wait, I want to know where to watch the parade. Da Dale, you probably got a little more clout than I do. You probably I'm can make we can get on a float. Does NBC have a float? I know I'm they sure got they one in the Darlington parade. <laughs> oh yeah, Darlington's covered. <laughs> yeah, Labor Day. You mentioned you mentioned the concerts tomorrow. It's Foreigner and Cool and the Gang. How about that combination? It's a celebration, and for the drivers, it feels like the first time. Those were both. I got it. You got it. Okay, was good. Quick on this. Show. And yeah. you're driving the pace car on Sunday. I am, yeah. I don't know how they let me do that. So, I'm, you know, it's an honor. Um, I've, I've been told that I need to, you know, be down here on the grid, and that's the one thing out of this whole experience that I do not need to miss is what it's what yeah. energy on the grid. I'm going to get that chance uh, also to be pulling off pit road, going down the back straightaway, and look in the mirror and see the entire field getting ready to start that journey and try to win this big race that they've all dreamed about. Yeah. It's going to be incredible, very emotional for me. I've already done the pace car rides in NASCAR. I kind of know what that feels like, and it's really, really cool. This will be something else, yeah. man. So for the drivers, tomorrow the tension really starts to build. For the rest of us, the party begins tomorrow. <laughs> well, right. don't forget, you got to work because the four of us, I think, are together um, uh, for that we, motorsport we, we special at 3.30. That is true. Uh, yes. yeah. All right. So, so, so. observation. How about the misspelled name? Do I get that yet? Or do I have that? to wait? The misspelled name on the trophy? The misspelled. Do you want it now? Yes. I'll wait. How about tomorrow? tomorrow? Tomorrow. We'll tomorrow. save it for you tomorrow. So now you have to be with us at 3.30 Eastern. That's going to do it for us on the Motorsports Hour. But don't go anywhere because IndyCar Live, Lee Diffie, Townsend Bell, and Paul Tracy coming up next. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. 
Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.